Hey, by any chance, are you looking for a new representative, a Swiss representative or a UK representative? Then contact Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com. And you'll get a great service. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the July review. So first, I wanted to talk to you about the amendment of the harmonized standard for MDR. So there was a proposal for amendment uh, for the uh, standards. And so the, this is the amendment where it's mentioned what we have to add inside the list of standards that the CN and CNLX should um, create a review. What was a bit surprising is that there were some standards that were deleted, like the standards that um, mainly standards that are about cardiac implants, uh, which were completely dropped uh, from there from the list of standards. So I don't know if there is a reason for that. Uh, there was no explanation exp exactly, but yeah, they were, if I can say, on the list of harmonized standards before, and now they are not anymore. But I, I don't know if there is a specific reason for that. But yeah, this is maybe something to investigate. So if you had already looked at those standards before and considered them as becoming, wanting to be become harmonized, they will not be harmonized. So the consequence is that you should not specifically be compliant to these procedures to be compliant to the regulation um, because mainly they are not harmonized at all. But if they are standards that are really important for your business, you can still use them. It's not because they are not harmonized that you should not use them. It's more like harmonized means that if you are compliant to that, you are compliant to the regulation for your product specifically. But this has no other consequences. Then we have an update of the Blue Guide. So the Blue Guide, for those that don't know, this is the CE marking guide. So it's not only for medical devices, for any products that are CE marked. And it is a guide that is really important, providing a lot of information. The last one was from 2016. And now we have an update um, of, the, of the Blue Guide where it's talking uh, more about, for example, Brexit situation, the Northern Ireland situation, uh, also some additional details about the economic operators. Uh, there is one question, and I saw also that this question was raised by Eric Volbrecht on his, uh, uh, in his, uh, on his post. Uh, it's more about uh, what about the importers uh, that have the, that should they have, I can say, the, um, the proprietary, I mean, should they be proprietary of the products to be then placing the device in the market or not? So this question about um, transfer of property is also something that apparently is not solved within this uh, blue guide. So I will let you judge and read that together. But don't forget, you have to read this blue guide, even if it's not specific to medical devices, because what is written inside is really impacting also the medical device business. Okay, this month, I think, we'll talk a lot about artificial intelligence. I mean, we talked about that since many months now, but today, I mean, there are a lot of information about artificial intelligence. We have the EU Commission that issued uh, a brochure discussing about artificial intelligence, what it is, how it is working, etc. So you can see all the information of that on the show notes. And we had also a report issued 
by uh, by um, the the lawyers, if I can say so. Um, let me try to see if I can uh, tell this name. So, Hugi Mestra, so Hugi Mestra and partners, and Axon Lawyers, where Eric Volbrecht is acting, and they have also issued um, a report explaining uh, the difference between uh, the AI Act, Artificial Intelligence Act, and the MDR, and where there is maybe some issues there. So, when you read this report, you see that there are a lot of issues potentially that can happen. One of them is, for example, the definitions that are used in the AI Act and the MDR are not really consistent together. Uh, the economic operators of, of obligation are also diverging. Uh, the classification for AI and for medical device are not, if I can say the same. So apparently the one for AI, the highest classification for AI is the lowest classification for medical device, but um, to be judged. Uh, the risk management system uh, in the AI Act is not really at the highest standard. Uh, the technical documentation requirements are overlapping with also what is required by MDR. The same for the quality management system, there is a lot of overlap or similarities. And the same for the vigilance reporting where there is some duplicative system there. So. This is a lot of things that are different and that can should, I hope, be corrected uh, because the idea is not to have two systems that are working in parallel and we have really, where you have to work twice to provide the same result at the end. But um, I really advise you to go and look at this report with um, uh, where all the details are, are mentioned and that can help you. So if you are working with the software, with AI software, these reports can give you exactly the understanding of the consequences or the impact of the AI Act on your software because you have already a medical device um, regulation uh, impact. Now you will also have an uh, Artificial Intelligence Act uh, impact uh, on your industry. Okay, the CAMD, so CAMD, uh, question and answers on free cell certificate. So it's a really great document because I get a lot of people that are asking me sometimes questions about, uh, can I create a free cell certificate for their company that is located in Vietnam or in Malaysia or wherever? And uh, the, the, I mean, I try to explain to them that I cannot because I'm not your, I'm not the manufacturer of the product that you are trying to get. And I'm not the authorized representative, etc. So. The, those people are the only ones that you can ask. Can you get um, free cell certificate from your distributors or your importers? Can you get a free cell certificate for a cell system and, and procedure pack uh, provider? Um, so these are all the questions that are asked and then you can get the answer directly on the document. But this document is really important if you are using a lot of uh, the free cell certificates because then it tells you exactly what can be your strategy to get one and to then require one. Okay, companion diagnostics. So this is also a big topic uh, within the uh, IVDR. So here the EMA has issued um, a document related to the question and answer for companion diagnostic uh, notification made by notified body. So um, normally a companion diagnostic is managed by a notified body. I mean, is reviewed by a notified body, but there is a consultation that should be done also to the EMA. And here they are explaining to you who can do that, how they can, how it can be done. So the question is who is responsible for the issuance of the certificate of free, uh, no, no, sorry, who is applying for it? Who is, uh, how much it costs? The idea is that maybe the notified body will apply for that, but the fees for this, it's not by the notified body, it's by you. So you will have as a manufacturer to pay for that. So these are all the uh, elements that you can view on this document. So if you are 
manufacturer of compound diagnostic that is maybe linked to a drug, then you have to read that to understand what will be the process. You will not be the one that will do everything, but you will maybe need to understand how this is working, what uh, are the reviews, how it is done, how much it costs. So this is really important for you. So we have also, uh, I mean, one of, uh, of, of the, of the uh, consultant or expert that I'm also following is Ronald Boomans. And this week he's providing some tips about PRC and the fact that PRC uh, should not be considered as a popularity contest. So it's explaining what, what, how the CEO of a company should choose your, his PRC, what is the role of the PRC and everything. So you can see that on the weekly tips from Ronald Boomans, which will be also on the, on the show notes. Don't hesitate, so try to follow Ronald because every week he's providing some tips that can be really helpful to you. So Spain, AEMPS, so from Spain, have um, initiated a market control campaign for self-diagnosis, uh, self-diagnosis in vitro medical devices for ovulation, for pregnancy tests, uh, for fertility tests. So those devices that are self-test that anybody can use. Uh, so those devices are delivered to the public. Uh, there is kind of self-testing, so you can do it by yourself. And there was a control of those products in Spain. There were 51 products that were evaluated. And when you read the report, it's in Spanish, but when you read the report, what it says is mainly that even before the evaluation, there were already 10 products that decided or companies that decided voluntarily to, uh, to stop their commercialization of their products. So meaning they were not really conformed to anything. There were three that were requested by EMPS to stop because apparently they were not providing all the details for this control. And after the examination, the evaluation of, the, of those products, there were apparently 29 CC, uh, ask a request for um, commercialization stop for this product. So, I mean, it means like there is a lot um, of issues that were uh, on those products. Uh, so maybe one manufacturer has many products. So when we say that there is 29 cessations, it not mean, means one company has to stop everything. Maybe some products within this company are not good. So which shows also that just a control like that made by the authorities can show you that some products are really non-conformed. So be careful. This is Spain that has initiated that, but anybody or any country can also initiate that and ask and contact you and ask you for an evaluation of your products as a mass evaluation, a mass campaign. And you can see here that yeah, the evaluation is really made seriously. There are a lot of issues that were identified. There are maybe some issues that are minor and they just ask you to make some updates, but there are also issues that are major where they are saying to you, stop, you have to stop the commercialization of your product because it's wrong. So in this kind of self-testing, there is always those kind of issues because mainly the point is also that it's not professionals that are using those devices. It is anybody. So this can create some confusion in terms of instruction for use, in terms of documentation. So remember, usability test in human factors is important for self-testing, but you have also to understand that all the results that you have to provide, I mean, the, um, the parameters for the result, like sensitivity, specificity, etc., should also be mentioned in the instruction for use of the device. So these are all the comments that were provided uh, during this, uh, this element. So don't forget that this can happen also to you in any country. Okay, Switzerland. So in Switzerland, we have now the IVD 
uh, regulation that is kicking off and now we have more and more IVD information like for the performance study for IVD products and you have the Swiss uh, market that issued uh, a guideline for the IVD performance studies uh, which you can find directly on the, on the show notes. Still in Switzerland, so we have some events in Switzerland and one of the events is called the Regulatory and Beyond, which will happen September 20th, uh, 2022. And there you will have uh, medicinal products, but also medical devices. And on the sessions of medical devices, you will have uh, Richard Julian, uh, the, the person that we well know, uh, that will uh, talk about transparency and medical devices. There will be also a session about cybersecurity and again a session, a session about artificial intelligence. So we see here that software is really uh, the guest star, if I can say, of all the conferences, medical device conferences or regulations. So it's really important. So if you want to go and to check this event, go to the show notes directly. UK, UK MHRA. So we heard that the government has made a, an answer or response, if I can say, to the consultation uh, that was made in, 2020, in November 2021 for the new medical device regulation. And they are really strongly saying that they want to strengthen the regulation to make it really strong, but also to let it be open, if I can say, for innovation also. So there is a lot of recommendation or things that were mentioned by the, uh, by the MHRA. So there were 891 uh, consultation responses that were provided during this um, uh, consultation made in November. 431 were from individuals and 451 from organizations. There were a lot of suggestions that were made there. And one of the, the suggestions is also to improve the regulation for artificial intelligence. As I've told you, artificial intelligence is, starts to be everywhere. We have also the introduction of a new route to market like innovation, uh, like what we have in the US or what we have also in Saudi Arabia, like when you have an innovative product to find a, a route to market that is more uh, quick, but also where there is a pre-submission, the same principle that we have in the US pre-submission, which doesn't exist in Europe. So there is also some of those kinds of, of changes like that. And there is also um, a question about products that are already CE marked or UKCE marked before the uh, regulation comes into force. Uh, the idea is, should we stop every product when the regulation will be in, in place or should we give a transition period? And here there will be a transition period of three to five years for products that are already CE mark or UKCM mark. So uh, if you want to benefit from that, you have them to be CE mark or UKCM mark and already on the UK market before the implementation of this, which will give some breath, if I can say, uh, to uh, some manufacturers because yeah, with the MDR, with the IVDR, with all those regulations that are starting to, go, to be updated, Brexit, Swixit, etc. Then there is, if I can say, some kind of issues where if everybody is changing their regulation at the same time, there can be a big problem for, for, for the industry. So here, it's also the problem about notified bodies and approved bodies. We have a lot of now more notified bodies in Europe, but we have only three approved bodies in, uh, in, in the UK. So which means that there will be also a bottleneck for approving uh, the, the products within the new regulation. So this is a good progress for the MHRA. And I'm really impatient to see really the, the, the final version so that we can see how it will be provided. They still expect to get that in 2023, but they didn't mention the when exactly. 
Okay, let's go for a tour to the rest of the world. So let's start first with Australia. Australia will initiate the UDI. So we have now UDI in the US. We have UDI in Europe now. And they want also to have a UDI database like what we have in Europe with Udamed. And they will start this database in, in uh, July 4th, 2022. So in a few days or two. Yeah, two, it was already done. So at the date where you will have this uh, episode, it's already done. So this database is called... Uh, uh, AUSUDID, A-U-S-U-D-I-D, uh, where yeah, you will have to register your products with your UDI code, etc. So um, this is good because, I mean, using the UDI is something that can be helpful for trustability, for improvement of trustability. So I hope, yeah, this more countries will, uh, will, will do that. But remember, uh, a UDI code is valid only when it will be linked to a database. So when it will be linked to the, uh, the US database, then it will be fine for the US market. The same code, if it is linked to the Udamed database, then can be good for the, the European market. And the same UDI code, no need to have 10 UDI codes. The same UDI code, if it is linked to the Australian database, then your produce can go to Australia. So here you don't need to have three barcodes with three UDI for each of the countries. One is sufficient as long as this one is valid for uh, each of the other countries. So it's not a, really a problem. Okay, same UDI for Saudi Arabia now. So Saudi Arabia also initiated UDI and they have uh, mentioned the dates of application. And they said that uh, for class B, C and D products, it should be from the, um, they should apply UDI from the 1st of September, 2023. So next year. And for class A, it will be from the 1st of September, 2024. Uh, so um, this is also, uh, as I've said, an harmonization that is happening everywhere uh, doing that. So even China, I suppose they will be um, starting initiating that. I mean, they already initiated that. They will maybe, maybe moving forward on it, but everybody is starting to use the UDI nomenclature and UDI codes. So don't be surprised. Go also to the show notes to get the databases for Australia or for uh, Saudi Arabia. There is the links and then you can directly uh, join, create your account and then register your products inside. Okay, Bahrain. What's happening in Bahrain? Bahrain has initiated the request to have a mandatory QR code on their products for compliance reporting. So the idea is that anybody, when they want to report a complaint, they can just scan the QR code and then they can report the complaint because the QR code will link to the, uh, the uh, government uh, website where you have to report a, a complaint. So they ask that it's mandatory for any product that is now sold in the Bahrain to have this uh, QR code. So if you are selling your product in Bahrain, don't forget that or check this point so that you can really be up to date for, for your customers. And last one, quick one. So uh, in Argentina, we have also after uh, IVDR in Europe. So now in Argentina, we have IVD, new procedure that is existing for IVD products. So if you were used to uh, register IVD products in Argentina, there is a new process. We have the link there. So I uh, advise you to just go and if you read Spanish or, or uh, uh, so Argentinian, so then you can uh, directly understand what is uh, required. But there is a new procedure to follow there. Okay, training. So we have a green belt training that happened uh, last uh, last week uh, with uh, with the team. So it was it went really well. Um, there will be no green belt training anymore for UMDR uh, until September. So next session will be September. I will do a break. But in case because I have got got some requests like that. In case your team or your company wants a specific training session 
for UMDR for multiple people on their team. Uh, so let's have a discussion and let's have organized that only for your team. And then we can also specialize or uh, if I can say, uh, make uh, customization of this only for the type of products that you are providing uh, instead of showing to you maybe some products that are not uh, in scope of your of your company. So don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com info info at easymedicaldevice.com Okay, the guidance of this year, of this year, of this month. <laughs> so it is uh, MDCG 2022-11. So what is it? It's a position paper that is explaining to manufacturers the situation related to the MDR timeline for, uh, for the MDR. So the fact that we are now in a transition period until 2024 and then from there normally everybody should be MDR compliant and also answers one of our podcast episodes where we talked about uh, some requests to extend the uh, the if I can say the, the end of the transition period and here it's explaining that sometime um, there are some manufacturers that are making some mistakes also so uh, sorry, some kind of finger pointing uh, that the application is not well done etc so there are a lot of things and there is a, a great analyze of this document that was done by Eric Volbrecht on his uh, on his uh, blog uh, website so uh, I put also the link on the on the show notes so please go to understand that the point here is that you are not late to apply for uh, an MDR certification because as we saw in a previous episode that every certificate will be ending by end of 2024 or mid of 2024 then um, everybody notified bodies are not capable to manage all those uh, new certificates or that will be uh, needed so the idea is to spread that before i mean 2020 end of 2022 2023 and uh, so that we can really save the the time for for the for the MDR for the certificate. The idea also of this MDCG guidance is just to say that the time between 2021 and 2024, it is not a transition period where you have to do nothing. It is a landing period, as we call it. I mean, I said that maybe before in some other episodes. The idea is to say that from the 26th of May 2021, the idea was like you are in a plane and you are trying to land. And the last, the end of the the uh, the track, if I can say, is 26th of May 2024. So you have to land before that day, uh, that day, so that you are really compliant to the regulation. It's not a plane where you are waiting until the 26th of May 2024 to then try to land on the uh, at the airport. So this is mainly the idea. So this is also what was explained on the MDCG guidance. So I hope now you understood it. Notified bodies. So there is no new notified body that was accredited for MDR or IVDR. So um, we have still 30 and uh, 6 or 7, I can't remember. Um, so there is no new. Um, I hope there will be more because as I've said, if we want really to meet this deadline of 26th of May 2024, uh, we have really to have more notified bodies that can take more customers and then uh, go on the market. Or we have to have notified bodies that are bigger with more resources and then they can uh, handle more uh, more customers. Uh, the same for approved bodies for the UK. Remember, we have uh, one year now from now until the 26th of May, 20, uh, the, the 1st of July 2023, uh, where UKCA will be applicable. Then you have only three approved bodies for doing the assessment and only two of them are for MDD. 
for MD, for medical devices. Only one of them is for AI MDD, so uh, for active implantable medical devices. So you see here, it's really not a, a lot at all. Um, I also, with my company, trying to contact, try to contact a lot of notified bodies for my customers. Uh, there are a lot of similarities with all of them. So they send us all an application and they all ask us the question, uh, are you looking only for ISO 13485 or are you also looking for MDR? And they, some of them said clearly, if you just look for ISO 13485, we will not accept your application. We are willing to have the full package. So this is also the thing that you have to be careful when you go for MDR certification. When you go, go for the full package, uh, and then ask for the maybe the ISO audit or the quality management system audit before, but you have to go for the full package uh, so that they will also take into account your application for, for MDR or IVDR for, for the manufacturers that are in the in vitro diagnostic uh, business. Okay, let's look at the episodes that were happening within the, the podcast. So uh, episode 184 which was what are some quality common mistakes that were done with Carandic Badwell. So it was a great episode where we talked about all the quality mistakes that companies were doing that we have experienced. And we tried to give you also some advices on how to solve them or how to find them and uh, avoid to have them within your, your system. So it's really something that is uh, important to, to look at. Um, episode 185, which is why ISO 13485 uh, certification is great for importers. So we talked here with uh, Christina Miroescu from uh, Softmedica, and we discussed specifically about the, their success to get this ISO uh, certificate and what is changing for them, what, what, why they have done it, and we talked about an MDCG guidance that are, we are talking about Article 16 of the regulation. And here it was also the purpose to be able to translate and update the packaging of their um, manufacturers or their clients. So then with this ISO uh, certification the, done from a notified body, they can do this exercise now, which is completely fine. So this is also important if you are an importer or distributor, if you are making translation or update or of uh, packaging, then this kind of document uh, certification uh, is really important for you. And the last episode, episode 186, one year before UKCA. So we have done that with Adam Ray. Uh, so we discussed about what you, I mean, first make an awareness to say, hey guys, there is only one year until the UKCA. And then also give you some advice on what is really expected with the UKCA. So I hope yeah, those episodes are really helpful to you. Okay, thank you very much then for following me. Thank you very much for all your messages. I hope this uh, monthly review is still, uh, is still uh, helpful. Um, I will maybe, maybe because I will be on holiday, I will maybe miss the next, um, next uh, monthly review. So the August one will maybe be missed, but uh, we'll come back anyway on September for, uh, for the September uh, review, which will contain, I suppose, also what we have done in July and August. Uh, together. So uh, don't hesitate also to uh, put a like or a comment on the uh, on the video because it's really helping. And if you have any question or whatever that you need to ask me, so go to info, I-N-F-O, at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, I wish you a nice day. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.